That's why there's a hadith which says that whoever doesn't ask Allah, Allah gets angry on him. Like, what's wrong with you? I know you need me. You need me for everything. And you can't even pray to me. You think you're self-sufficient? You think you're independent? Right? You think you can go to somebody else instead? So can you see how it's worship? Have you ever thought of dua like that? Have you ever thought of dua like that? Your duas will change now. You'll actually feel closer to Allah because you're offering a worship. And again, if you can pray to Allah, it's because Allah has allowed us to pray. So don't think it's some kind of obligation in Allah that I'm doing dua, so you better be happy with me or something. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fih mubarakan alayh. Kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarda jalla jalaluh wa amma nawaluh wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidil habibil mustafa sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa baraka wa sallama tasliman kathiran ila yawmiddin amma ba'd. So dear brothers and dear friends and we are in the midst of the month of Ramadan and because of that uh, what we do is we uh, try to look at one of the prominent uh, gems of the Quran one of the Jawahir al-Quran so I've got a, uh, two verses we're going to try to look at today inshallah verses uh, 55 and 56 of Surah Al-A'raf أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ادعوا ربكم تضرعا وخفية إنه لا يحب المعتدين ولا تفسدوا في الأرض بعد إصلاحها ودعوه خوفا وطمعا إن رحمة الله قريب من المحسنين so this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, the simple translation of this is call upon your Lord, call upon your Lord humbly, in humility and privately. So humbly and privately. He does not love people who go beyond the boundaries. He does not love the aggressors. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and do not cause corruption on the earth after its reformation. Don't cause corruption after its reformation. And then again, and pray to him with fear and hope. Allah's mercy is close to the good doers. So regarding prayer and calling on to Allah, there's uh, literally four things which are mentioned. And he mentions uh, something in between. So call on to Allah humbly and quietly or privately. That's two things. And then number three, do it with fear and hope. So that's four things. So keep that in mind. And we're going to look at this. Now, this, dua, uh, this uh, verse of the Quran is a very, very prominent verse that people you know, would be inspired uh, by. Uh, one of the main uh, objectives of this verse is to get us to pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and devote ourselves to Him. Essentially express devotion to Him, which is what we're born for. Because dua is one of the highest forms of worship and it's the essence of worship. So that's why we're here for worship. Now, how exactly are we doing this? That's what we're going to look at. So 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala previously in this surah has mentioned uh, a number of evidences and proofs for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's absolute power and his might and his wisdom and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has uh, talked about his rahmah and his mercy as well. So after he discussed those major themes, Allah followed it up by saying, well, if he's the most mighty and he's got complete power and wisdom in what he does, the way he does it, totally wise and also mercy, then well, you better uh, express your devotion to him in the appropriate way. And he's the one that you need to be calling on to. So it's like a logical conclusion uh, to that. And the reason why dua is mentioned and rather than worship is because dua, as the Prophet said, is the kernel of worship or the essence of worship. I mean, usually that's a bit confusing because, you know, when we make dua, we, it's almost like we're asking Allah for something rather than offering Him something. We understand worship as offering Him something, our salat or zakat or hajj or fasting. And when we're doing worship, uh, when we're doing du'a, it's almost like we are asking something selfish for ourselves rather than giving him something, right? So how is du'a worship? The reason it's worship, as it will become clearer as we look at this, is because the purpose of worship, of any worship, is to glorify Allah and literally recognize that He is the one who's worthy of it and when we do dua, that's essentially what we're doing. Like if you take out the fact that I need something, aren't I recognizing that I can't do anything myself? I'm helpless. I'm in need. And then if I'm asking Allah, it means I'm putting Him there as in the place of the one I can ask. So that is like worship. In fact, it's the highest form of worship because when you do salat and so on, you could be doing it for others. When you're doing a dua and you really want something from Allah, then it can only be for Allah. Because otherwise, why would you be asking Him and not somebody else? That's how dua becomes the kernel of worship. So in our asking Allah, we're actually worshipping Him. It's amazing. That's why Allah loves it when you make dua. Because it's a recognition. It's a recognition that, okay, this guy's recognized that he needs me. That's why there's a hadith which says that whoever doesn't ask Allah, Allah gets angry on him. Like, what's wrong with you? I know you need me. You need me for everything. And you can't even pray to me? You think you're self-sufficient? You think you're independent? Right? You think you can go to somebody else instead? So can you see how it's worship? Have you ever thought of dua like that? Have you ever thought of dua like that? Your duas will change now. You'll actually feel closer to Allah because you're offering a worship. And again, if you can pray to Allah, it's because Allah has allowed us to pray. So don't think it's some kind of obligation on Allah that I'm doing dua so you better be happy with me or something right so anyway let's uh, look a bit further so uh, the words here ud'u rabbakum tadarru'an wa khufya so tadarru' and khufya these are Arabic words tadarru' means tadallul wa istikana which means in humility and in making yourself lowly and needy. You know that state. So that's why in our dua, Allah is telling us that's how you should do dua. Think yourself that you're in need and you're lowly and you are in need. If you do dua like, oh Allah, give me if you want to. Like, yeah, just give me that if you want to. Then 
that's, that dua is not going anywhere. You understand? It's like I need to show that I need because if I'm asking him, I better show I need. And khufya. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-A'raf, in another surah, وَاذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ تَضَرُّعًا وَخِيفَةً وَدُونَ الْجَهْرِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ بِالْغُدُوِّ وَالْآصَالِ وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ Call on to your Lord. Uh, remember, actually, remember your Lord in yourselves. So internally remember your Lord. That's a more powerful remembrance than outside because with outside, you can do it to show people. But if you're remembering Allah inside, nobody's watching. It's your very personal one. There's more ikhlas in that. So remember Allah in yourselves, tadarru'an, with this humility and need, wakhifatan, and in silence or in private, and dun al jahri min al which means and uh, not loudly, not loudly, you know, so as to show off or something, morning and evening, and do not be of the heedless ones. Okay, now, what's the background for this verse? Uh, usually many verses are revealed or come, came down during the time of the Prophet ﷺ because of an event. However, they're not stuck to that event. That's just the historical point. Uh, they came down to be timeless guidance for mankind forever, even though that particular event is uh, no longer around. So what happened is, in Imam Bukhari and Imam Muslim and Imam Bukhari, they relate from Abu Musa al-Ash'ari, radiyallahu anhu, that once... People were raising their voices in du'a. They were making loud du'a, all of them, making loud du'a. The Prophet ﷺ said, Ayyuhan nas, people, irba'u ala anfusikum, get a grip on yourselves. Like, take it easy, essentially. Like, take it easy. Imagine you came in and everybody's doing loud du'a. Like, take it easy, you guys. فَإِنَّكُمْ لَا تَدْعُونَ أَصَمْ وَلَا غَائِبٌ You're not calling on to, it's not like he's in a castle and you're trying to shout so that your words can get through because they won't let you get, get in. You're not calling on to a deaf person or an absent person. You're not, you're not calling on to somebody who's deaf or absent. He's right there. He's closer to you than your jugular vein. The one you're calling on to is Sami'un Qareeb. He is all listening and he's very, very close to you. Right? So that tells us that the, probably the most powerful du'a would come from our heart. The focused du'a of the heart. Because you know when I do du'a, I could have... Ten du'as that I've memorized and I just, after namaz, I've got this habit of saying them. My mind is somewhere else on my next meeting, but I just say them. Alhamdulillah, it's still at least a bit of a du'a in there, right? However, if I really like sit down, focus and empty and I'm calling on to Allah with my heart, you can see that's far superior. That's why they say that sometimes doing dhikr without, uh, with your tongue is good, it's great. But it's like taking a tablet. And when you do dhikr with your heart without your tongue being involved, and you do it properly, that's like an intravenous. Like it's really right there. It just gets into it straight, right? Thereafter that, um, uh, just in general, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, don't cause corruption in the world after, you had, after it was rectified or after you had rectified it. Basically saying that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created everything in proportion. Allah has created everything perfectly. And it's the human beings that cause corruption and uh, destabilize the world and mess it up and corrupt it. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq to call him with humility. And this is the adab of dua are being taught. The etiquette of dua being taught in this verse. I'll just repeat the verse again uh, for us to round it off. Call upon your Lord with humility, with need. 
and privately. I didn't manage to discuss that today. Privately means, so you don't have to show off. You don't have to do loud du'as to show off to people that you're making loud du'as. Hey Allah, mujhe de de bas mujhe de de. Like, give it to me, give it to me, you know, in front of everyone. Do it privately, because he can hear you anyway. Let him see the heart instead. He does not love aggressors or people who go beyond the bounds. And do not cause corrupt on the earth after its reformation. And then pray to him with fear and hope. So when you are praying, you're fearful of him. That is, am I doing the right thing? Am I going overboard? Am I asking him for the right thing? Right? Should I be asking him this? And so on. Right? Is this the right thing to ask him for? And with hope that it is Allah will give it to me. Allah is going to give it to me with a hope for getting closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Allah finishes off by saying Allah's mercy is with the doers of good. You do good, Allah's mercy is going to be with you. Make yourself a doer of good. Don't cause facade in the world. Don't cause upsets in the world. Don't mess things up in the world by lying or swindling or deceiving or being violent or whatever. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy is close to the people who do good. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it for us. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously, to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules. And at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind, you can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.